Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. My guest this week is Anna Osborne. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist out in California. And today we're talking about betrayal in relationships, the trauma around it, and the healing that can happen in couples therapy. But before we get started, I just wanted to say thanks again for tuning in week after week. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving reviews. If you haven't left a review yet, I would love it if you would. It helps Apple Podcasts notice the podcast if people are leaving reviews and rating it. So it brings up the visibility of the podcast. So that's always awesome. You can also find us on social media at Woman Warriors on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to Business Blog, where I give you updates about episodes on the podcast, as well as my insights into managing anxiety and my own story. So you can find that at progressioncounseling.com forward slash blog. For those of you who are local to the Annapolis, Anne Arundel County area in Maryland, I will be facilitating mindfulness groups for women this fall. If you're interested, please contact me. You can do that through my website, progressioncounseling.com or womanwarriors.com. Click on the contact me button and fill out an email and let me know you're interested. Anna Osborne, licensed marriage and family therapist, is the owner of Life Unscripted Counseling, and she focuses her work on inspiring individuals and couples to be more intentional and connected in their love relationship. She works with folks on improving communication, deepening intimacy, healing from betrayal, and changing negative patterns of disconnection in their relationships. She hosts an annual women's retreat in Laguna Beach, California, and you can find out more about registration in the show notes, but it's at shineretreatforwomen.com. She's also offering a $50 discount for those that might want to sign up. So you can check out the show notes for a link to that discount. So here we go. My talk with Anna. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us on the Woman Warriors podcast. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm excited Although we did do this interview once before and my microphone wasn't working, but I'm excited to do it again because I feel like it's such an important topic. And um, But before we get started, 
talking about infidelity and relationships, I wondered if you wouldn't tell us a little bit about yourself and why you do the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. And what's crazy is the week before you emailed me to let me know that our recording didn't work, I had to email one of my guests to tell him that our recording didn't work. So (laughs) I was like, girl, I am good because I just had to do the same thing. So (laughs) it is, I'm excited to, honestly, selfishly, I'm excited for us to sit down again together and get to know each other more and just continue this conversation. So me too. Um, me I appreciate too. the opportunity. Yeah, yeah definitely. And awesome. yes, a little bit about me. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I specialize in relationships. So my entire practice for the last you know decade has been couples and relationships. That is all the work that I do in my private practice. Mm-hmm. I am also a mama of seven year old twins and wow. a wife of 11 years. Mm-hmm. So the there is, you know, all parts dreamer, all parts creative, and then all parts, um, you know, all the organization <laughs> that, <laughs> that it takes to run a household and a business. And yeah, that's um, really just a little bit about me and, and the work that I do. Yeah. And you too have a podcast, which you were just, just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, um, and is your podcast focused on couples and relationships as well? Or what what is your podcast about? Yeah, so my uh, psychotherapy practice is called Life Unscripted Counseling. And currently, my podcast is uh, Her Life Unscripted. So it's really, you know, inspiring, burnt out, stressed out and stretched thin women to really embrace the unscriptedness of life. Because I don't think I'm alone that my whole life has been off script, uh, for better or worse. (laughs) And so really being able to embrace those pivots and those changes is where the podcast is now. And it's got a exciting new evolution coming out in the fall. So um, I can touch on that too, if we want to. But yeah, that's, that's where it's at now. And it's been... I think I'm around 100 and 100 and some teen um, episode since 2015 when it launched. Wow. Uh, so yeah, 2015, 2016. So it's just a, it's been a really fun creative outlet and just a way to connect with um, women as they are navigating life and juggling all the things that they are told to juggle and being able to learn how to set some of them down and really make a conscious choice of whether or not they want that to continue to be uh, a ball that they juggle. Yeah, I love that. I love I feel like that would resonate very well with my audience who, you know, are overstressed, overwhelmed, over anxious women. So I think sometimes the unscriptedness can cause people a lot of anxiety, because, you know, we want to be in control, we want to know what's next. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't. Yes, yes, oftentimes we don't. <laughs> so, um, within your work with couples, um, I know that, you know, at times within a relationship, sometimes one of the uh, partners might step out of the relationship and, you know, see someone else, have sex with someone else, be emotionally connected to someone else. So what talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing and how it's impacting that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I really, you know, for the sake of our podcast, I if I want to I want to open it up to use the word betrayed, right? Because yes, we and, and it's really up to you cuz 
we can really specifically speak to, you know, infidelity, meaning, you know, an emotional or physical affair or things like that. But I think that there's so many ways that I, be, I see betrayal happen in relationships that it isn't this, you know, big T traumatic, I was cheated on. Sometimes it's that slow erosion of feeling deceived, of feeling betrayed that really tears down trust and having a just as significant impact in the relationship and creating just such tremendous um, wakes of trauma responses of, you know, mm. the same symptoms that we see with PTSD with with huge huge peaks in anxiety and depression. So um, yeah, working purely in relationships that that is something that I I see over and over, and not just in those um, you know kind of how we see in Hollywood how affair you know the movies how affairs play out, but really just these slow erosions around trust and boundaries and just the the toll it takes on both the individuals and the relationship. Yeah, I would imagine. And um, not I don't work with couples, but um, with the individuals that I do see, I mean, I see men and women. I'm, you know, the betrayal piece can be so hard to move beyond Mm -hmm. that, you know, whether you are the one who's been betrayed, or you are the betrayer. It's so... I feel like it almost there's this sort of set, you know, if you're the one who's been who 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 betrayed your partner, you know, you're the bad person, you're stuck in this sort of mm-hmm. shamed, you know, disempowered place. And if you've been betrayed, like the hurt, the the sense of yep. trust broken, the like, so, uh, so how, ooh, how do we? How do you move those clients, you know, back together to be able to love and trust and feel safe in that relationship again? Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different stages of it. Really, that initial stage from, you know, discovery or disclosure around betrayal is it's not necessarily when the, you know, the betrayal took place. It's when the a relationship realized it was happening, right? Like that's really where we kind of see ground zero, if you will. And that's where as we move in to really start doing a lot of triage, right? We're really looking at basic survival skills because there is such a high level of hypervigilance, of um, anxiety, of panic, of fear of all these things that come rushing into really both partners because, and, and you're right, you know, there, there's so much focus that we have, um, understandably for the partner that has been betrayed or the injured partner, as we say sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yet that ripple effect of trauma is, is, is felt by both partners and, and, and oftentimes the, the whole family and support network can feel ripples of that. And so what we're really trying to do or what I'm really trying to do is, is being able to create a space for both partners to be able to move through their pain and there is definitely a timing issue of it it is i think oftentimes very unrealistic to think that the partner that has been betrayed can move into an empathetic response for what the other partner is experiencing i mean that's just not yeah I mean, yeah maybe that's 
true for other practitioners. I don't see that show up in my office as realistic to have as an expectation for the partner that has either just discovered or been disclosed around um, betrayal. And so there's definitely a timing of how we create those spaces. But at the very beginning is setting up at least a awareness that all of those pieces need to come into play, that this injury is something that has, has impacted everybody, um, even if we're tending to one partner a little bit um, more, focusing more intensely at that moment, that it really has impacted everybody. Yeah, yeah. I would um, think that it would be hard to hear if I were the person who had been betrayed or, you know, I, I'd found out that my partner, you know, had decided to do something, you know, whatever it was, you know, mm-hmm. whether they were emotionally involved or sexually involved with someone else, that it would be so hard to hear the why or the, yeah, to have empathy or sympathy in that moment that, oh, that would be really difficult. And, and but obviously there's something happening for the other partner to have, chosen or you know found themselves in a situation where they're betraying the partner that if they love them you know that there's something happening for them too yes absolutely there's something happening for them and there needs to be a voice and and i'm with you right if you think about you know kind of maslow's hierarchy of needs right we can't get to love and belonging if we don't have our basic survival uh, needs met. And so it is when we are in place of, of high anxiety of high trauma response, there isn't room for empathy. Like that's not a survival thing that you need to be able to outrun the saber tooth tiger. You don't need to have empathy for its level of hunger, right? Like that's just not how it is. And the same is true in our partnerships, right? When we are in a place of great, great fear, we can't move to and, and look at partner with empathy. And so um, it's just planting the seed that we will get there. And I'm always so, I mean, this work, and, and you know this too, I mean, it is a privilege to do this work, to be able mm-hmm. to be invited into people's lives during just these these devastating moments of their lives, whether it's around infidelity or um, deep depressive episodes or high, I mean, the it's a, it's an honor and a privilege and absolutely it's so amazing right and that, that yeah. that's just a whole nother conversation oh it <laughs> is like, it oh is gosh. yeah um and what i see for for the folks that i work with is when i just plant that seed i can see this whether or not it's verbalized just this this very very righteous anger come from the injured partner of oh no we're not going to go there right because because they're in such a trauma response and it's so powerful that as we move through the healing of seeing them being able to lower that anger of move more into their kind of those more vulnerable feelings and eventually move into a place of wanting to hear from the other partner like that to me is is such a it's a beautiful dance albeit painful and hard when um the injured partner is able to hear the pain that the other partner has experienced i mean it's takes a lot of work this isn't day one stuff but oh no man is it just it's it's amazing yeah i would bet that's truly transformative for all you know both people definitely and i think that that's you know it's i'm saying it in this moment for anyone that's listening who is thinking that's not a possibility like there's no way i will ever get to that place and it's okay if you don't 
see it right now. Like it's okay. Um, and just because you don't see it right now doesn't mean it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it happens with the relationship intact, right? And sometimes it happens with the relationship no longer intact, but, but that, that healing of no longer being um, controlled by the anger is such an amazing thing for the injured partner to, to be able to, to walk through and, and lay down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering, you know, with the clients that you see, and I don't know what statistics are on this, but when there's been a betrayal, how often do couples stay together? Like, is is it, you know, a definite like, oh, they're always going to, you know, I know they don't always get divorced, but we're split up. But what are you, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. I mean, in my own practice, I would, gosh, it's hard because I have some folks that, that they come in and, it's been 10 years since this has happened and they're just now addressing it. And the wounds are so, so deep for them yeah. to be able to, you know, overcome because there's just so much scar tissue that's built up in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that those folks can't overcome, but it's a different journey. It's, it's a different dur- journey to work through that scar tissue and allow both partners to be able to um, see and experience each other as, as different than the one that caused all of that hurt. Um, I would say, you know, kind of a broad stroke, the the sooner things can be addressed, the, the, the better it is. You know, I think a car that gets in an accident that goes to the body shop sooner is better than one that gets in an accident and the rust sets in and then you try and take it to the body shop. So that, um, it's just a different set of, right. I mean, there's just a different set of challenges that come with that. Yeah. Um, So I think that that piece. I was going to say, it's like an infection that festers. And so then you have to cut away all the, yeah, the the decaying, whatever. Oh, anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that that piece plays a big role. But really what I see is the biggest determinant of of success in therapy for couples around betrayal and infidelity is both partners' level of commitment to the process Mm. is... You know, that is really the biggest determinant is that when both partners are committed to healing, they heal, right? Like, like, you know, like that, that's, that's how it works. And, or that's how I see it play out in my office. And when one partner is not in a place ready to heal, um, usually the work in that moment isn't successful. That doesn't mean they don't do work on their own to then come to that place. But if both partners aren't committed to healing, um, it's the, the outcomes, unfortunately, are, are, from what I see, not as not as promising. Yeah, well, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And I, I'm wondering, too, I mean, to me, within relationships, there can be so many different levels of betrayal, or maybe not even levels is the right word, but different types of betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is typically what you're seeing is it infidelity or are there other forms of betrayal that you're I mean because there's you know there's internet porn addiction or you know where the partner is doing that versus being present with their partner Um, I don't know substance use on the sly I mean I can feel like there's so many potential places where betrayal can show up 
Absolutely, 100% agree. And whether it's in the form of addiction or infidelity or a combination of both, 100%. And there's also betrayal that can happen from that um, inconsistency between words and actions. And so partner saying, I'm going to follow through on this, I'm going to follow through on this, and they never do. Hmm. That does rep- that does break down and erode trust over time. And so what I, you know, I say this all the time is that different doesn't have a value, meaning better, worse, right, wrong, that we put the value on different. And oftentimes when we are suffering, the pain is so great that it's, it's so deep that we say, gosh, if only this would have happened instead, then I would have been able to, it would have been better, right? It would have been better pain. Right. And the, the truth is, is that pain is pain and there's different ways that pain happens but it's that it's that age-old argument well maybe i think it's age-old i don't know if if you have this conversation (laughs) but this idea of you know is it better to lose somebody that, that you love instantaneously knowing that you never had to see them suffer but you never got to have that goodbye or is it better to lose somebody that you love from this drawn out long pain painful death and yet you got the moments to say those last words Mm. and they're i mean they're both tragic and if we weigh them against the other one we're removing the tragedy from it meaning we're saying oh we're we're invalidating we're saying oh because you went through this one that was easier or because you didn't have to go through this one it wasn't as bad no they're just different and yet the healing process from them may may look different and it's still the healing process. So um, I really try to honor the specifics of what a couple has gone through in terms of how they define the betrayal that has happened. Um, And also oftentimes the betrayed partner will say, gosh, if only it had been this, but not this, um, is try to just gently, you know, hold that space, but also reflect that what you're going through is hard, period. Um, and we don't know how hard this other thing that looks like it would be easier would actually be if that's how it happened. So let's stay with, 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 one. with this healing work rather than, yeah. 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 But focus on the, what actually did happen versus the mm-hmm. what if. Yeah. Yeah. Or this could have made it better if only you hadn't done this. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. and I'm with you that that may have made a difference, but that's not the set of the set of circumstances that we're dealing with. And so, and yet this is something that we can we can do our best to work through. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I just know from my own experience, but working with my clients, that uh, those sort of what ifs, the future worries, you know, well, it, what if this had happened, you know, and I guess that's past, you know, what if, and the if only this could have happened, just generate a lot of anxiety because we're sort of imagining these potential horrible things that could happen. So I'm guessing this is happening within your couples too, that, that, you know, thinking about what was, you know, and suddenly now this is all looking like a lie or, you know, the trust was broken in these places to step from there into where do we go from here? That, because that, I don't know, there's a part of me that feels like that pain when we've been betrayed is so deep and 
we almost don't want to let it go in a way. Like, I, I don't want to forget that I was being, I, what am I trying to say? That I don't want to forget that this person was untrustworthy. So I'm going to look back at all these places where maybe they were untrustworthy in the past, or maybe they're going to be untrustworthy in the future. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so how yeah, do you get people to so. be? Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. You go. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple, there's so much there to unpack. But I think, I mean, one is that there's no present orientation to anxiety, right? If you, if anxiety is, is panic of what has happened and fear of what will happen. Mm-hmm. When really, and you know, I can't, I'm not gonna say always, but the majority of the time that in this moment, despite the huge experience of anxiety, we're okay. Like, like, we're breathing, we're okay, like our physical safety isn't necessarily being threatened. It's, it's that physiological and emotional response of anxiety that but in the moment, we're okay. Right. And so really, so much of that is about grounding is getting ourselves back into the present using our senses to bring us back into this present moment, because so that because in the present, we are able to know that we're okay, we're versus that, you know, that past orientation or that future orientation. So that's a huge thing that I work with on clients is, is just grounding and anxiety management because you're right that there, I mean, uh, a fair recovery or betrayal and fidelity work is all parts grief and loss and all parts trauma. Right? Oh, like that, yeah. that is, that is the blend of the work because so much of <clears throat> when this experience happens is that then partner looks back and starts to rewrite history with this new piece of information of saying, Oh, well, because this happened, you know, X many years ago, that means, excuse me, all those experiences that we had up until from that point forward, those were all lies too. Mm. And so they start, you know, sweeping through history in this way that really dismantles it. Um, And then the grief and loss about who I thought we were and and what we, I thought we would be. Um, So all of that swirled in, but, um, but I want to come back to this question of, how how do we you know kind of how do we work through it but but mm-hmm. tell me your question again because i want to make sure that i'm answering it um in, yeah. in the direct way well i i guess that you know to move the clients from this place of um one you know for the person who has betrayed the guilt the shame the uh, you know i'm a horrible person the anxiety that comes with that and then looking back at all the betrayal and trying to piece out where things could have, there were other moments where, you know, this was all a lie. How in those moments in session or the work that you have them do outside, how do you get them to be more present to like, where do, how do we get from here, the present where the wounds have happened, but we're going to go together into this new future that we don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. And that is, you know, part of that is, and I, I'm very open with my couples where I say, I don't want you to trust the other one right now. Like, like when we are healing trust, um, there, there's two ways that we, we trust in our relationships. One, which is the most common and yet not necessarily the, the, the best way, which is we trust somebody we have no reason not to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of course I trust you. I have no reason not to, but that is the equivalent of saying, you haven't hurt me yet, right? I have no yeah. reason not to trust you. Also kind of sounds a lot like I also don't have any reasons to, to trust you because you haven't hurt me yet. 
Right. And that's usually how we trust at the beginning of a relationship, but that no longer works when betrayal has happened. Mm-hmm. And so the other way that we trust, the less common and yet healing way, is saying, I trust because I have all these reasons to, meaning I have a burden of proof, I have a, a, a you know bucket of evidence to say that you are trustworthy. And that comes from consistency between words and actions. And what... I, I say to my couples is that, you know, different is your best friend right now because the person that hurts you, they, they look like, they sound like, they act like, you know, your, your partner. And yet we need you guys to have a level of differentness to feel like you can rebuild trust. You need to be able to see consistency through words and actions, previous words that were used. We need to eliminate those from the vocabulary so they don't become triggers Mm. Uh, around the trauma we need to be able to um, you know really look at managing triggers verbalizing triggers and being able to especially because this is just so heartbreaking when it happens and yet it's quite common is when the betrayed partner leading up to discovery or disclosure is they have a sense that something isn't right they're whether or not they verbalized it but oftentimes they have they've they shared with partner their fears or their doubts or something feels off and they've had that deny that that reality denied over and over yeah to where they then don't even trust themselves anymore mm. and and part of this healing process is being able to know how do i trust myself again because my partner has denied my reality or told me i was crazy told me i was being you know jealous or paranoid or whatever it is and so recalibrating that that if something feels off to partner is that they need to start verbalizing it and and having those conversations um so that they can start realigning that that gut that intuition that little voice whatever we call it Mm -hmm. uh, because it has been so uh, dismantled by partner um so that's a huge piece of it and and you know the shame piece i think that unfortunately there is shame to go around for both partners Mm. Um, and it is a feeling that that has to be moved through because when we are deep in shame we're not available to each other like it swallows us up whole yeah and um, we can't hear or be present to partner when shame is so so highly activated yeah because we're really coming from this place of withdrawal and yeah turning inward and What's interesting to me in our conversation is, and I know we talked about this both last time and this time, but it, for whatever reason, it's truly resonating with me today, that, <laughs> that, that betrayal, and this may seem like, duh, so obvious, but, but betrayal is trauma. Like this is, yeah. it's, it's, it's traumatic for both parties, but it's trauma work. So building back yes. the trust in yourself, building back the trust in the partner, building back that sense of safety in the here and now, being able to mm-hmm. voice what you need. Like, it's just, I don't know, that just really resonates with me today. And I hadn't... Well, I yes, know. I'm so glad, yeah, that you're highlighting that because I, I do talk to, to partners when they, you know, or clients when they call and they're saying, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like I'm going crazy. I can't stop 
I am having flashbacks to right flashbacks, you know, right? Yes. And 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 I'm I, I am I'm constantly looking over my shoulder, and I can't. My mind's racing, and and I say, yes, you're you're experiencing PTSD. Like this is this is a trauma response because you have gone through a trauma, and just being able to validate that is so important for for partners for both partners. They're both walking through the trauma of this, and yeah. you know I think we talked about this a little bit last time, but. When I started out in this work 15 years ago, I, um, you know, ended grad school of kind of you know, starting to work out in the community. I worked with trauma survivors. My my first mm-hmm. job, you know, my first right. internship was working with uh, survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. Yeah. And you know that that work is so rewarding and it's just so intense. And, yes. Yes. Um, then I started working with kiddos who had been exposed to domestic violence, which was Oof. just, you know, you, you have this, these, 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 these conversations in session and, and they're playing and doing artwork and, and really working through their trauma. And then you walk them back into the waiting room and fingers crossed that they're, they're shored up enough to, to go then spend another week exposed to this stuff. And mm. that work was so uh, powerful. And yet it really increased my sense of, of hopelessness. Mm. I didn't feel like I could create a ripple by just shoring up, shoring up, shoring up. And, um, and then after that, I worked with foster youth and which, wow. you know, had also a high level of trauma. With it. And that's really why I got so um, dedicated to really gaining a, a, an expertise and additional education and training in couples therapy, because I thought, okay, I, I want to know that I'm making a ripple effect in my community. And the best way that I saw to help survivors of trauma and to help children be raised in homes where their hearts can be safe was to work with couples mm. and take my trauma experience, take all of that grief and loss work that I had done in all these different ways and pour it into relationships and say, okay, if I can help this couple heal, then what are they then modeling differently? to their kiddos Hmm. and if i'm you know working and and when i say heal i'm not saying relationship intact right like healing looks different for everybody and everybody has to decide what that looks like but even if a couple the relationship dies and they are able to heal to be really amazing co-parents that's a success oh i don't live in Right? Yes. <laughs> I'm on my soapbox. I apologize. But I don't no, live in this so world where I am perpetuating fear that if a, a relationship dies, that the whole family is doomed. Like, I, I just, that's, I, that's, we get sold that. And that is such a fear of, of, of families that are living in really toxic situations saying, well, but we're doing better because we're staying together despite this daily trauma that is impacting our lives. Oh. And, um, it's just it's so paralyzing to people and it hurts my heart to think that the belief is we stay together for the sake of the kids regardless of what the kids are being exposed to yeah yeah and that i feel like is such a theme and and not i know not everybody believes that but you hear that again and again that it's better like divorce harms children that it's better for the kids to the parents to stay together for the kids but like, yes, divorce. I grew up, you know, my parents divorced when I was young. That was hard as shit. No, no doubt. Right. Like, it was really difficult. Right. But my parents were unhappy. And if they had stayed together, right. I, and there was infidelity there. Like, I know it would have been a not a good situation for any of us. 
you know? Right. And so, right. yeah, I think that, you know, and did my parents learn how to co-parent? No, they did not. But had they learned, <laughs> it would have been a lot easier yeah. to live with them, you know, and see them as their own individuals living their lives healthily and happily, which they ended up doing, but it took a while. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's so much shame associated, so much shame associated with divorce Mm. is there's so, and, and so therefore, you know, if it happens, a a lot of times folks can't move into that healthy co-parenting relationship again of whatever healthy looks like or the healthiest possible, because if you have one partner that's really unhealthy, then that will obviously have an impact on how healthy the co-parenting relationship can be. But if both or one partners are are, are just riddled with shame, you can't show up in in a way to to be healthy um, co-parenting together. And I think that, yes, do we know that divorce is hard? Absolutely. Is divorce a trauma? Absolutely. But if we're going to say divorce is bad, staying together is good, we're looking at no factors of what children are being exposed and modeled in a home if we just say, if we just put it in two buckets. Like it's too multidimensional to, to, yeah, to say right. that that is an accurate um, assessment of what is best for the family. And I so, so have so much passion in my heart about empowering couples to determine and define what healthy looks like in the relationship they get to determine that and it's not my job nor is it anybody else's job to say this is how you need to do it to make it look healthy it's really when a couple is able to establish the parameters and the rules and the boundaries around the relationship and continue discussing that and negotiating it as they grow and evolve that's how the couple stays healthy it's when you know there's a disruption in that communication it's where um, those conversations don't happen that and, and addiction and all those other things that play into the those boundaries being violated that creates that level of trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I fully appreciate the work that you do, and um, I would imagine not having done couples work, but I would imagine that it can be really hard sometimes. You know, to be with yes, the couples. Can, and, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I appreciate that. And, you know, sorry, my dog just came in. Um, (laughs) It's, you know, it is hard, but just like, I mean, this work as, as a fellow helper healer is that if, if every day was an intake session, meaning, you know, for those not in the biz that if they, you know, every day is the first time that we sit down with a client and they tell us, you know, the, the, the lifespan of their wounds, the lifespan of their hurt, then no, we wouldn't survive a day in this job. But that is an element of it. And then we get to see the story of resiliency. We get to see the story of healing. We get to see the story of overcoming. Yes. That makes it so, I don't say easy, but it makes it. You're, you're rewarding. So it's, because, yeah, yes, there you go. Yeah. Rewarding. It's so rewarding to see that. And, um, you know, and couples keep me on my toes. That I am, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um and it's it's wonderful. I love that they keep me on my toes. Yeah. But um, you know, that's 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 a, a way that, that it keeps the work interesting, right? You know, two days are the same. That is the truth. That is the truth. Yeah. So if there were tips, 
or resources or both that you feel like it would be important for listeners to, if they thought, you know, there's been some betrayal in the relationship, here's some resources to help, what would you suggest? Yes, I think that um, one is reaching out for support, whatever that looks like, you know, the, the sooner that these things can be addressed, and with both partners being open to the process, not necessarily saying I'm open, I'm all in knowing this will heal, but I'm open to seeing if we can heal, um, reaching out for support, and also being selective with who they reach out to support, you know, whether or not if they're reaching out to friends and family, our friends and family love us. And when they see us hurting, they can oftentimes really move into a place of offering opinions or advice that maybe isn't Mm. um, the most helpful. So being being particular about your, your support system. And also the same thing with therapists is being, you know, selective around if you're call and interview therapists. Like I love when people call and ask me questions. I want them to get a sense of how I, how I work, how I show up in the room, how I, how I do this, because if we're not a good fit, I want to encourage them to find somebody who's different than how I practice. Yes. Um, yes. And so really empowering, you know, folks, interview your therapist, get to know them and don't feel like if you had an appointment or two, to and it didn't click that you just need to stick with that person because you already told them all the gory details like yeah. it is okay there is i have no ego about it that if i'm not the right fit for somebody and they speak up about that yeah. i am yes like yes let's find somebody who's a better fit it's too important the work that you need to do right that are not being the right fit holds you back mm-hmm. um so that would be the first thing is, is reaching out for support yeah. um the other is is really you know, the, the trauma response is knowing that that is real, that is valid, you're not going crazy. That's actually, unfortunately, what happens when betrayal happens is that we have that PTSD response. And so um, we're looking at our basic survivors, survival skills, food, shelter, water, right? Like that's yeah. at the very beginning, yeah. when I'm working with my couples, it's, are you sleeping? How are you sleeping? Are you drinking water? Like, I mean, we're really, right, really right. looking at that stuff. And it may sound very, you know, (laughs) it may sound very elementary, but we can't do anything until we know that it's okay to breathe. Right, right. And um, so really, you know, if somebody is going through this or has gone through it is this is that that trauma response is it's it's real, it's happening. And um, there is relief, right? (laughs) Yeah, there is there is healing and and just encouraging them to um, not be alone in this because it can feel so extremely isolating when this happens. And yet there's support out there. You're not alone. Yeah. So, Anna, I just so appreciate your taking the time with us today. And I would love for listeners to know a little bit about, you know, what's happening for you. I know you have a retreat coming up with Mari Lee and, uh, but how do people find you and, Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Mari and I have our retreat coming up in late September. And I believe we've got only two slots left. So if folks are interested, they need to hop over and register at shineretreatforwomen.com. I would love to extend a discount to your listeners, a $50 discount to registration. So they can just email Mari and I and and I and let us know that they are a listener of your podcast. And we're happy to give them that coupon code. Oh, cool. They can just email it. Yeah, info at shineretreatforwomen.com. 
Um, but yeah, my psychotherapy practice is lifeunscriptedcounseling.com. And yeah, I, I am here as a resource. I am here as, as an encourager, as an advocate. So if there's folks listening and they just, they need to get connected, please reach out. Like it does, even if I'm not in your area, I, um, I mean, goodness, you and I are how many states away? Oh, so many. And and how many people do we know in common? I mean, Agnes and Mari, and it's like, there's so many people in common that, um, we know people across this country to be able to help. And even if somebody's in a different state, in a different place, there's Facebook groups I belong that have therapists from all, all across the country. And I'm happy to, help connect, um, just to dismantle some of those barriers or obstacles that do prevent us from reaching out for help. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just so enjoy the work you're doing. Yeah. And I so enjoy the work you're doing and seeing your stuff out there in the world. And we'll look forward to whatever transitions are happening in your podcast. Yes. Yes. To come. Super excited. That sounds exciting. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Anna, again, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay, take care. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anna Osborne. I thought that her insights into how betrayal really is a traumatic experience for both parts, for both parties in the couple, both partners in the relationship, and that really the healing has to be about healing the trauma and the, the, the traumatized parts before healing can happen within the relationship. Because when you're traumatized, you're just in survival mode, you're just trying to get through the next day. And so trying to getting yourself in a place where you can heal and move forward, either with or without your partner, that can't happen until the trauma is worked on. So I hope you'll check out Anna Osborne's other resources. The Shine Retreat for Women sounds amazing. And as I said at the beginning, she is offering a $50 discount for registration. So you can find her at lifeunscriptedcounseling.com. And the Shine Retreat for Women is shineretreatforwomen.com. So I hope you'll check her out. Anna's also on Facebook. It's at Women Who Shine. So great conversation. She's a wonderful woman doing some really good stuff out there in California. Hope you'll check her out. Hope you all have a great week. And if you're on the East Coast, we are suffering through an unbelievable heat wave. So I hope you're staying cool wherever you are. Have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to The Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.